Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Yo, 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 Matt Berteram, it's Stack in the Box, it's a Tuesday, it is a wild, wild time in the NFL. Welcome in every Tuesday, 11 o'clock, with our NFL insider, the man, the myth, the dominator. Uh, hey, I don't think anybody saw this coming, Verdi, five years, 30 million guaranteed, the highest guaranteed money in the history NFL for a quarterback who has 22 civil suits hanging over him. It is a different time in the league right now. You know, it it is. And then at the same point, it kind of feels like old times in the league where nobody really cares all that much in reality about what's going on off the field. And look, I'm going to start off saying this because it has to be said. I do not know whether Deshaun Watson is innocent or guilty of anything alleged against him. and. I think that's important because I think sometimes the court of public opinion decides these things well before anything else. And those nine criminal complaints that were brought against him were dropped. That also matters. But what matters in addition to those things is there are still 22 civil complaints, civil cases against him, civil lawsuits for a range of sexual misconducts and or assaults. Okay. And when you are the Cleveland Browns and you are acquiring this, this play, you are not only risking potentially lost money for yourselves if you get suspended, stuff like that, losing traffics, all the things that go along with the trade in, in football, right? You're also risking bringing this person into the community. And you have no idea. Like this idea that they did due diligence and they know is the biggest bunch of nonsense on the face of the earth. They didn't even talk to Tony Busby, who represents these women. Right. So – Spare me on how much the Browns did their due diligence on all this. I understand that they got better on the football field with this trade. Deshaun Watson is a better player than Baker Mayfield by a long shot. There is no arguing that. The argument comes into whether or not trading three first-round picks plus a couple of other picks uh, in, in additional years, a third, I believe, in 2023 and a fourth in 2024. Right. All those picks, plus the, the contract you laid out, 46 a, a year, um, and, and everything else that goes along with that, $230 million guaranteed, the biggest guarantee in NFL history. Is that worth what you're walking into potentially here? Um, 
I think it's I think it's a trade that is fraught with risk, fraught with danger, fraught with this could end up going horribly. And I'm gonna be frank. I don't know that the upside's worth it. Even if even if it comes out like forget even if everything said about Deshaun Watson was a lie. Like he's not better than Mahomes. He's not better than Josh Allen. He's not better, I don't think, than Justin Herbert. I maybe you want to make that argument. Okay. Um, is he better than Russell Wilson? Is he better? I, I think to me, look, they got better on the field, but to give up that much, I feel like you've got to think like, okay, now we're a Super Bowl contender as we sit because we're not drafting anybody for a while at the top of the draft, and they're not a Super Bowl contender the way they sit. Well, look, they they weren't getting Patrick Mahomes, they weren't getting Justin Herbert. Now they could have, in theory, tried to trade for Russell Wilson and see if they could have worked out a deal with the Seahawks, and would would that have been a more uh, well, certainly would have been a lot less uh, controversial of a decision. Listen, this is uh, normally a family show, but I, I just want to read a couple of these just 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 to remind people uh, of what Deshaun Watson, what what the allegations were. Uh, if you're okay with this, Verderam, yeah, I think you, I almost I, did it myself. So yeah. So um, the plaintiff, there's 22 of these complaints. You can read this out. The plaintiff, a licensed therapist, says she was referred referred by a mutual friend. Quote, sometime in 2020, the first massage, she says, was at Watson's house. She says Watson refused customary draping and kept wanting to flip onto his back. Number two, quote, Watson to her, I know you have a career and a reputation, and I know you would hate for someone to mess with yours, just like I don't want anyone messing with mine. This this was after it got uncomfortable with this with, with this therapist. She says he later texted to apologize, but she did not respond. Number three, June 2nd, 2020, and I'll stop at three. It's a spa in Houston. The plaintiff has been in the massage business for 11 years. Licensed therapist, routinely works with pro athletes, by the way. Says Watson contacted her via Instagram, later by phone, telling her he makes, quote, a lot of massage therapists uncomfortable and it's really hard for me to find someone who will meet my needs. I mean, look, and and, you you didn't go nearly as far as, I mean, if you, yeah. You can, like, look, there are complaints that are a lot more graphic than that. Yep. I mean, there are. There are. Stuff, I mean, again, it is it is a show where I know we curse occasionally, but I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't know if there's, you know, who's listening or who's watching. And I, and I don't want to offend anybody. But, I mean, you can read it. There is stuff um, out there that is way, way more graphic in terms of things that he, you know, he is alleged to have done. Um, whether or not it was, I guess the easiest way to put this is to, to himself, uh, or in, in, uh, some cases, uh, to, to people that were massaging him at the time. It, I mean, look, the allegations are significant. This isn't like, Hey, you know, he was a little bit like bizarre in his requests. Some of these allegations are, are very serious. Yeah. And. Look, he's got he's got uh, the kingpin lawyer of all lawyers. Rusty Harden has gotten so many people off in this world, um, and 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 Rusty Harden is tied to the Cleveland Browns and Jimmy Haslam and their Flying J trucking scandal back in the day when yep. they were guaranteeing refunds to truckers that they never paid, and lots of people paid in that in in, in his Flying J trucking, other than him, who uh, for whatever reason. You know, however, Rusty Arden's a talented a litigator. So, look, 
So it's just an interesting that they were they they he used the same lawyer as the owner of the Cleveland Browns. Then he ends up in Cleveland. The Browns give him full guarantee, and the people are saying that that Watson actually had leverage here because he had a no trade clause in his contract, right. so he could say where he's going to go. And apparently, it impacted the Texans too because you know three first round picks, a third and a fourth. There's NFL officials out there who think that when they saw the deal, like, well, there's got to be players attached too because that's not enough for a quarterback in his prime who rarely, if ever, becomes available like this. So that was well, interesting to me. I, I think it's – I mean, hell, I think uh, it's it's more than enough based off of – they also had to give him $230 million guaranteed. The bottom line for me, on the field, they're better. They are better. No they question. are – a, a, a probably a playoff team. But you can't separate the football part of this and the off-field part of this because it's all it all comes together. And in that regard, I thought the Browns acted in somewhat of heinous is too much, strong of a word. I would use the term embarrassing manner. When you make his base salary $1 million next year so that if he gets suspended, that's where the money comes out of. So they, they basically structure the contract. For those who don't know, when a player gets suspended, it comes out of the um, – it, come, it comes out of his base salary. Deshaun Watson is scheduled over the next five years with Cleveland to make $46 million a year, Okay. His base salary next year is $1 million. It's all, all his money for next year is in bonus money. So they made sure that if he gets suspended, that he's really not going to feel this penalty at all. And that, to me, is a garbage move by the Browns. Look, you know what? If, he, if it ends up coming out that some of these civil suits, he ends up paying out on these things, some of this stuff ends up being true, which maybe it is, maybe it's not. But if it is, you just made sure that he doesn't have to pay for that. And to me, look, I'm not, I am not Mr. Social Justice guy in terms of a lot of this stuff, because as much as I believe in social justice, I also believe that the NFL is a bottom line business. And when we cover the league, like I try to be, I try to deal in reality. And I'm, and I am with this in the sense that Cleveland traded for Deshaun Watson because he's a great football player and he's young and he's a phenomenal quarterback and it makes them better. Right. And they know that every Browns fan, or at least most of them, will immediately not care about what happened off the field when he throws four touchdown passes in a game. That is the cold, hard reality of it. But what on the flip side, what does frankly piss me off is the Browns' callous attitude toward it, saying that they did their due diligence when they clearly did not because they did not even contact the attorney for, the, for these women. Okay, When they put $1 million in a base salary to make sure that if he gets suspended, it doesn't really matter to him financially and he still gets paid um, all the rest of this money. And the part that really gets me more than anything else is I think like the message it sends to any fan out there who either has a conscience or is a woman is we don't really get, especially in this case for women, we don't care about you. We do not care what you think or how you feel. Think about if you're one of these 22 women with a civil suit against Deshaun Watson right now. now oh, they're not. It's, you know, it's, it's all allegations. So whether or not it's true, we don't know. But think about if you're one of these women who's put it on the line, you're putting a civil suit against one of the most powerful rich men in the United States, right? I mean, there's no arguing that. 
and this happens, it's like getting slapped in the face. It's like you're a joke. You don't matter. And the way it was handled, and there's like this grotesque bidding war over this whole thing, is it was unseemly. And I, I frankly don't care what anybody thinks about it. That's my, I, I, I think that is where we're at with this. I get why they did it, but the way it was handled from soup to nuts to me was embarrassing. Not only for the Browns, but for female fans of the league, it was it was a slap in the face, and it was really embarrassing for me for the league. And if I'm Goodell, the way they structured that deal, I'd be pissed. Though, right, that 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 part was the biggest standout to me, and which is where you started, uh, you know, your whole point. They, the Browns, went out of their way to make sure that Deshaun Watson will pay the least amount in fines possible. They went out of their way to do it because, uh, I, I mean, I guess from their standpoint, they felt like the only way we're going to get this guy to waive his no trade clause is if we structure the contract this way. Clearly, that was bargained for. Uh, by Watson's agents, like, hey, if you want us to come here, this is how you're going to do it. And the Browns are like, well, this ain't going to look great, but you know what football fans care about? They care about football. They really don't care about anything else. It's been proven time and time and time and time and time again. Okay, we'll do it. No problem. We're going to get Deshaun Watson. He's going to help us win football games. And when he wins week one or week whatever, he gets to play for the Cleveland Browns. That's all they'll be talking about. And I got to be honest, they're yep. probably right. They are right. I just yeah. finished saying it. They are right. Yeah. But you know what? This is the other part of this. Deshaun Watson's won Jack in his career. Yeah, but okay, but let, no, no. Let, I, go ahead and say it because I know what you're going to say, and I'm ready for you to say say it. The Texans organization sucks, and he yeah. didn't have. Go ahead. Excuse the language. Where the fuck is he playing now? Oh, that's fair. That's Cleveland fair. Browns. But that's not so this but, idea that like, well, you know, he was on such a crap organization, which he was, which he was. Okay, but now he's on a real organization. The Browns have been a dumpster fire for 50 years. Right, right, right. Which is, listen, when he chose to go there, he he's he was picking, uh, number one, well, looks like the Browns are cool with everything that I've done off the field. They're going to give me this. They're going to give me the most guaranteed money in the history of the game. I mean, look, we sit here and talk about the Texans and how much they stink. And hey, look, fair enough. Okay, Bill O'Brien, all the rest of it. They also had DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, who last time I checked, the Browns, Mari Cooper's good. He ain't DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, that Texans team, when he was there, had talent. This idea they didn't have any talent on it. Like, they had Watt, they had Merciless, they had Cunningham, they had McKinney, they had Justin Reed, they had Tyron Matthew one year. I mean, that team, look, I'm not arguing that they're like the Patriots or the Brady era, okay? But they had talent. That team had talent, and that division stunk. Jacksonville stunk. Tennessee stunk. Okay, Indianapolis hit and miss. So this idea that, like, now that he's in Cleveland, Cleveland, oh, everything's going to be great now, based off of what? I mean, that team, yes, they're going to run the ball and they're going to block. They got one receiver who matters. Defensively, they haven't been good forever. I mean, I look at them. Are they even would right now? Right now, are they the best team in their own division? I I, I would argue that they are. You think uh, they are? I I do. I do. Okay. Listen, listen. I I you I, take them over Cincinnati and Baltimore. I mean, it's assuming uh, he plays all this, the whole season. Obviously, uh, like it, it's it's. Listen, the Browns have an excellent defense, right? No, you're, they don't. 
You don't. You wouldn't. Well, hold on. Where were they ranked last year, Verdam? I'll, I'll look it up. Top in the 10? Meantime, who are the plus players on that defense? Obviously, obviously, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Who else? Fair enough. But like, I hold on a second because I let me let me give a full NFL last year Browns points. Cleveland. Hold on. I got. I want to back up my. Uh, this is a Carm just. Very basic. Let's look at scoring. Where where did the Browns rank last year? In just points against? Yeah. I, I'm pulling it up right now. The Browns last year. This thing, whatever. Here we go. All right. So defensively, here, well, we'll start here. So in yards allowed, which is how the, the rankings technically are based. Okay. Okay. In yards allowed, yeah, they were 28th in the league. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. Right. Hold on. It was inverse order. Inverse order. Uh, they were fifth in the league in yards allowed. Obviously, okay. very good points. Points allowed. They were more middle of the road. They were, let's see, thirteenth. Uh, thirteenth in points allowed. Okay. So they were thirteenth in points allowed, um, and fifth in yards allowed. So, if you'd like to make the argument they were excellent. You can do that. Uh, let, 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 I'll, I'll walk it back. Above average. They're above average defensive team. Fair. Can, can we agree with that? Okay. I'll give. I'll, I'll go there. I'll go okay. there. Yeah. Okay. I'll go there. That's All fair. right. Now you're adding. Listen. Where do you where do you rank Watson quarterback wise in the league? Top ten. Is that fair? Yeah, top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I w- I'd say probably around eight for me. Okay. Probably right around eight. So you're adding uh, just on the surface here, Verdam. You're you're adding a top. Call it as you just said. Eight quarterback. Yep. To an above average defense in that division. Listen, Cincinnati's a great story. Went to the Super Bowl. I'm not betting on the Bengals to do it again. I, I'm just I'm not. Uh but look, I'm it's a tough division. It's, it's a tough div- it's a tough division. It's a tough division. But like and 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 Baltimore, which by the way, the most interesting thing that uh that's one or not maybe the most interesting, but one of the interesting things that's is going on here, what does the contract look for, for Lamar now? Is he getting five years of guaranteed money? Uh, he he better be. Is, right, I'll tell you right now. Him, Herbert, and and Burrow. You get right paid. There. Yeah, you, you, you get you, paid. Like that is the floor. That is the starting point. If you're those guys, right? So, ah, listen. He he landed in a spot where he sh- if if he is what people think he is, they should be. If they're not winning that division, they should be right there. I mean, come on. Oh, I think they're in the conversation. But I'll tell you, I would take Baltimore over them. I would definitely take Baltimore over them. And I right. and I might I might take Cincinnati. Look, I'm not – that being said, my personal feelings on the way the Browns handled this aside, they are a better football team. They, I think, should be a playoff team. Although I would say, look, the AFC – this is not so much of a com- comment on the Browns where I'm denigrating them. I'm really not. It's more of a commentary on the AFC. The AFC is ridiculous. I mean – you're going to have so the only teams that I feel really confident about that I'm like, they're making the playoffs unless there's a big injury is Buffalo and Kansas city. It's fair. Everybody else. Like, look, I love what the Chargers have done, but I'm going to say the same thing about the Chargers. I said about the Browns, the Browns never win crap when it matters. Well, neither do the Chargers. Like the Chargers have to show me at some point, at least the fancy in that regime, they've won a playoff game. The Chargers haven't even been in one Denver. New head coach. I love the Wilson move, but like, I don't know. I mean, if Wilson's a guy, he's been the last year and a half. 
I don't even know if they're a playoff team. Like, I think they are, but I'm not sure of it. The Raiders, we're going to get to them a little later. I don't know. The Titans and the – I think – here's what I'll say. I think the Bills and Chiefs are going to the playoffs. I think they're the two best teams in the conference still. I think one team's coming out of the AFC South. Titans, Colts, whatever, and we can get to Matt Ryan here now in a second. The AFC North, I mean, I don't like Pittsburgh coming coming out of it because it's Trubisky, but anybody else in that conference or in that division can, can win the division. And in the East, it's the only other thing. I'll, so I don't think anybody in the East or in Buffalo is getting in. Now, New England, you can never count them out because it's New England, but, like, I think that's a hill to climb. But everybody else in that conference, you just you've got a lot of good teams, man. you got three really good teams, maybe even four in the West. You've got three in the North. You've got – I mean, it just it's a lot. You have a lot of good teams. It it would be it's it's going to be painful for someone. Like I I I fully expect the Chargers to be in the playoffs. That would be a disaster. So it, so they, they, I mean that would be, and and by the way, uh, more and more people just just reading about Justin Herbert and what he's like in that locker room. If the dude get continues to get more impressive, he's just supposedly one of the dudes. Plays ping pong, hangs out, very very humble, and then you have the talent. Uh, the Chargers are just a team that's very easy for me to root for right now, at least to, and it, they're just fun, man. If that team is going, so Khalil Mack is he going to be Khalil Mack? I, w- I would bet against it, but they still should absolutely be in the playoffs. I, I don't know, man. The AFC stacked. It's I mean, is every team in the AFC West going to make the playoffs? Are three going to make it? I mean, no, no divisions ever had everybody make the playoffs because it wasn't possible until a few years ago when they expanded the the uh, the, the playoffs. I think there's a real chance that. All the teams make it. However, I would bet against it because I do look at this and go, it's just those teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. Right. right. You know, that that's always the thing. Plus, they play the NFC West, although they do play the AFC South. I'm going to tell you right now, the AFC West is going to do things to the AFC South that should be behind a pay-per-view. I mean, they are going to kill that division. Like, if I said to you, because there's going to be 16 games against each other, what is what is – the record of the AFC South in those 16 games? Oh, I don't know. Can they get to four? Right. Do they win three games? Like, yeah. I would – Is here's here's a fun question. Is the worst team – all right, so let's start here. Who do you think, if you had to just look on a, with a bullet, who is the worst team in the AFC West right now? I, I'll take the Raiders. Okay, I would agree. Are, would they win the A- <clears throat> excuse me would they win the AFC South I I I guess I would take Tennessee but uh um, I probably I probably would pick the Raiders it's, like, it's I, t- I honestly think if you put the Raiders in that division I think they win 11 games I mean the Titans won 12 games last year I I don't know uh I, I think I would still I would still edge Tennessee. And by the way, I'm interested for the record. Uh, I mean Carson Wentz sucked. He's let's not go, good. He's terrible. Let's go, Matt Ryan. What let's are you going to do? I, I'm interested. Right. I find so, it interesting. Yeah, go ahead. What? Let's do that because I know we got Heisler coming on a little bit. What? Um, what do you make of the Matt Ryan deal? Like, look, I think we all agree that the Colts got a great value third round pick. Um, and the Falcons, by the way, just nice job. A third round pick for your franchise quarterback and you're eating 40 million. Well done. Um, you did nothing for the guy, but do you, do you see the Colts as a playoff team, a contender, a non-playoff team still? Like where, 
What does the Matt Ryan deal do for you with Colts? Well, listen, you you needed a quarterback. Period. I I, I would have. I would have gone for my guy, which I've said on this podcast a thousand times over. Give me, give me young Gardner Minshew and I'm going to roll. But look, Matt, Matt Ryan, let, let's not, let, let, let's not act like he's still not a productive quarterback here. I mean, sure. the, you know, the, the, he is going to make a difference. Matt Ryan led the NFL in completions in 2019 and 2020. Um, so, and outside of the fact that, you you can't get a more steady dude to come into your locker room. No doubt. So, I, the, the to me, the Colts are absolutely a contender to win the division, and then they're going to go into the playoffs and get smoked. That's that's how I see Indianapolis. So I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think they will contend with Tennessee for the division. I could see them missing the playoffs. I could see them winning the division. I do not think they're a top five team in the conference. No, it's no. Like I have seen people. Oh, I've seen people argue this. Like, oh, are they a Super Bowl contender? And it's like, what in what world? I mean, Michael Pittman is there. They have nobody else, right? And, and Keith drops that, and right, right as I'm saying that, they've got to get a receiver. Bro, they got to get a few. Like, Michael Pittman's a nice player. Jonathan Taylor's a great running back. They have nobody else. Doyle retired. Hilton's still a free agent. He's done anyway. Pascal signed with Philadelphia yesterday. Like. They have nobody. They, and they, by the way, uh, they also need a left tackle. Eric Fisher's still out there. Like they don't. They that they are to me about a ten-win team. Maybe that's enough to win that division. That's as far as I'm going. Like Matt Ryan makes them better because Carson Wentz is not as good as Matt Ryan. But I, I, I do not know beyond that. Like to me, Matt Ryan is not even like. <laughs> Again, this isn't really a knock on Ryan as much as it's a commentary in the AFC. Is he even a top half of the conference quarterback? Would, I mean, you, if would you take him over any quarterback in the AFC West? You could certainly make an argument with Derek Carr, but Derek you Carr's could. my guy, so so I'm not I'm not going to do that. I like. Derek I would Carr, take Derek it. Carr. Yeah, but you could make the argument. I I agree there. But you got, so you got four guys in our opinion there in the AFC North. Pittsburgh aside, is he better than any of the other three? No, he's not. No, okay. And you could you could also make an argument stylistically if you it'd be a bad argument, but you could try to make an argument on Lamar. You could, but I, I agree it would be a bad argument. And then and then obviously Josh Allen. So that puts him for us ninth, ninth in that conference. Again, yep. I'm doing right. it all day long if I'm the Colts, but I'm just saying I, the idea that now they're a contender I think is insane. Right, like, but. They're winning the 10 games. It, you, listen, I'm not arguing the rankings at all, but but we're not talking about, like, they're here. Let me get this right. And, and he's there. Like, you know, it, it's a right. – it's you know, it – so c- can the Colts have a dynamic uh, – continue their dynamic run attack? The, the answer to that would be yes, right? Uh, can, can their defense be – significant enough that they can at least win the division with him. Yes. I think the answer to that yes. is yes. So, I mean, look, listen, if I'm a Colts fan today, I feel better about my team than oh, I did. A, no I mean, question. So you, you, you like, I, I'm not crapping on the move. It's the right yeah. move. I'm all I'm saying is I think the Colts are, I, look, I think it goes, they went from having Sam Ellinger where they, they're winning four games to they could win the division. That That's great. I, I, my point is, I've seen some arguments around around the you know the NFL world. Well, they're a contender now. It's like, no, no, they're, they're a contender. Like, they're a contender with the right injuries, and that would be a bunch of them. 
that would be a, a lot of injuries to a lot of really good teams. But no, look, I I think right now the AFC is more that conference is more loaded than any conference I can remember since the nineties when the NFC was ridiculous. That's a, yeah. Yeah. The, the look, AFC is incredible. I mean, well, the it, amount of teams is just staggering. It it is, and you know, to your Chiefs, and we I know we always have a ton of Chiefs people here. It's like, oh wow! I mean, you, you're gonna win the Super Bowl. You're gonna you you are gonna earn a double time right now. I mean, they, you are. I, look, the Chiefs. You know, and and look, there have been a few questions I want to get to quick before we bring on our guy Ben Heisler. Um, you know, so Eddie, who's in here every week, asks big questions on the KC defense. Pass rush is a disaster. Oh yeah, yeah, their pass rush is a dumpster fire right now. That is a huge problem for the Chiefs. They need to rectify it. Or they are not going to the Super Bowl because that with that with that quarterback group in the AFC, if you can't get a pass rush, you're going home. And right now, they they cannot get a pass rush. That pass rush is a train wreck. Um, and Jay Ward says if the Chargers don't make the playoffs again after these new additions, it's probably on Brandon Staley. Yep, totally agree with you. Totally agree. A lot of pressure on him this year. Have to get the job done. Bills almost locked into the number one seed in the AFC as the other divisions beat each other up. I hear that. And I, my initial reaction is to agree, but the Bills have a harder schedule than you'd think. They got to play the Rams in the NFC. They got to play the AFC North. They do have to play at Kansas City. They got to play at Cincinnati. They have to play Tennessee. They, they, they actually do have some hard games. That schedule is not easy. When you look at Buffalo's schedule, you could easily see five or six losses. And by the way, I think the Bills are the best team in football right now. And I still feel that way. Um, and we'll get to the Bills a little bit more. But I, uh, let me, ahead, let me. I'm just, I'm just curious. I want to. Uh, where do you think? Because we we've mentioned offensive line a bunch today. Where do you think Armstead's going to land? Miami. You do. Okay. I think they'll pay him anything. They they can't block anybody at all. Okay. But you know it's funny speaking of them, and then we're, you know we'll move on. But some of these teams with like young quarterbacks, you're sitting there looking and going, they're they're already screwed. Like Mac Jones, you have no shot in that conference, Mac Jones. None. You might as well just start looking for another guy because. The idea that you're winning a Super Bowl with Mac Jones in the AFC, forget it. Forget it. You're not doing that. Like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, look, they're, you know, yeah. I, I have I have no faith really in Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence will see, maybe turn around. But man, I'll tell you, you look around that conference, like Tua, forget that. Forget yep. that. Yep, you know, you're right. It, you have but- no shot. No shot. None. At least not, not for the next couple of years. Or – We'll we'll keep it because the NFL it's 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 I mean let's be honest things change by the week with the, everything that goes on in football but let's just limit it to this year it's gonna be a real real steep climb and you could have a uh, a topic on stacking the box will Mac Jones ever have a better year than he did as a rookie like you you could at least somewhat throw that out there as a potential which would not make a whole lot of sense as far as how careers go but Patriots came back from the dead people were super excited about Mac Jones at least for a minute. I, I doubt that conversation is going to be happening in the year two. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You want to bring in Ben? Let's let's uh let's get get Sir Heisler in here. 
managing editor, bet-sided, football guru, all-around good guy, epic father. What's up, Heiss? What's up, gentlemen? How's everybody doing? We're, we're having a spirited AFC conversation, which started with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Um, yeah. And we, we just actually touched on uh, some of the free agents and starting at the top with Armstead and, and Verham's got him going to Miami. Uh, any interesting odds that you want to bring us into on, on where, where players are headed that stands out to you? I mean, Wimbet doesn't have specific odds available for any sort of potential destinations. I, I still think with the quarterback carousel continuing to wind and wind, like I, I, I know it's been a little bit overused if we're talking about like gifs that you see on social media, but the first thing that came to mind with like Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo was that scene in, in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta is just like looking around, just going, where'd everybody go? Like, I, yes, there's still Carolina in the mix and you could still make an argument for Seattle, but I, I'm just trying to figure out where those guys land because they really can't stay at their current destinations. I think if anything, um, you know, I, and, and Reed Wallach, one of our, our bedside editors brought this up in, in our morning meeting today, maybe the 49ers just play it on the late side, right? Like we, so we, we kind of made fun of them for everything that was going on, trying to be the smartest ones in the room. And, and then ultimately you know, hinting Trey Lance is going to play, but then it ended up being Garoppolo the entire time. Maybe they just waited out knowing that at some point they'll have the upper hand when inevitably in the preseason, a team plays a quarterback for more than a series, that guy goes down and you have a situation like the Vikings when they were, you know, getting a first round pick for, for Sam Bradford. Like maybe that just raises the value of some of those guys knowing that there's already going to be an immediate need for that team right now. There's not that team. So I I think waiting at this point almost makes too much sense for them, but Curious to get your guys' perspective on it. Do you think they move now in the middle of the offseason before the draft? Is the draft sort of the the opportunistic time to move them? Or are, are we looking at these guys possibly even staying with their current teams into the preseason? Yeah, Vern, where do you think he's going? I mean, to me, Seattle makes a ton of sense. No, I don't think they'll trade him, Seattle. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to uh, help them. Now, now if Seattle pays grossly, then sure. But – I don't know. I don't know where he's going because I think they over. I think they waited way too long. I think they overplayed their hand. Like now you're sitting there. Okay. Well, well there's no. There's no team in the. Sorry, as my father just won't stop texting me. Um. I. Uh, I don't know if there's anything in the AFC that would trade for him. I. I don't know that that, that team exists. And in the NFC, who do you have? I mean, look. I. I, I think the Giants should trade for him because Daniel Jones stinks. But they. They want. To see Daniel Jones stink for one more year before they move on. So okay, fine. Um, beyond that, there's nobody in the North that would do it. The South, I mean, Carolina, I think would start me at quarterback at this point. They're so desperate. But would they make that move? Would they? Are they? Are they at that point just going to go? Look, we're not going to trade you a pick. Like we'll just we'll just draft a guy, right? Like I, I don't know. I mean, the, to me, if there's a team out there, Atlanta seems like the team that would take Garoppolo. I mean, my God, like, who are they starting? Felipe Franks, Josh Rosen, that's no way to live. Didn't they, didn't they just sign Mariota? They, they, got, they got Mariota on a two-year I, deal. I might still bring Garoppolo in, man. Like, Mariota's hurt all the time. He's hurt all the time. And he's not the answer. Like, let, let's be real. Like, that 
Now, I'm not saying Garoppolo's a long-term answer either, but like, does anyone really think Mariota's going in there and playing all 17 games, whether or not because it's ineffectiveness or he's hurt? I mean, judging by the contract, it's not a ton of dough. I guess you could be paying $9 million a year for a backup quarterback. but Well, I'm that, just saying if I'm them. Now, the hard part is for them, they're eating $40 million in dead cap with Matt Ryan. So it's not like they have the ability to do it. Uh, with just a wave of a wand. Like they'd actually have to maybe do a little bit of work. I'm going to pull up their cap space right now. The Falcons have $74,000 in cap space. Right. So I don't think they're going to do it because they'd have to actually create the funds available to them. Um, but, you know, the Texans have a need, But if, if you don't like Davis Mills, but I think Davis Mills is worth a shot. And if you're the Texans, you're not going to trade a pick for Garoppolo. There's no point. I mean, you're not trying to, like, compete for anything, so they don't make any sense. Right, the Saints just brought back Jameis Winston. Uh, I mean, Carolina. Carolina to me is the team because they have the cap space and they have no quarterback. But do they want to do that, or do they just draft the guy now that they're out on Watson? I, I would think draft. So the Falcons to me make the most sense in terms of like just they need a quarterback, but they have no money. So I would say the Panthers are like if you said your mortgage depends on it, I'd take Carolina. But I don't know that Carolina is going to jump at that when they could draft the guy and just say, we're not going to give up a pick. Let's raise our hands in the chat, too. Uh, who thinks that Baker is going to be successful wherever the hell he ends up? Does anyone think that Baker Mayfield I, is going to be a viable NFL quarterback going forward? Yeah, I, I think it depends on your definition of viable. If you're talking about, like, if you're talking, like, ceiling of Ryan Tannehill, which is I'm not. No, I, I, am I'm, I'm saying above Tannehill, Ben. Like, okay. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, depending on depending on who you ask and depending on on how you evaluate quarterback talent, like, there's plenty of people that say I would take Brian Tannehill right now. Give me the right scheme. Give me the right system. Um, be able to cut the field in half. Work a lot of play action. Brian Tannehill is a very serviceable quarterback. I, I think that was the you the word that you use, Carm. Right, serviceable. Sure. Sure, sure. I, I, I get it. I, yes. I, that, that's yeah. what the Falcons are doing, Mariota. That's what they think he is. Arthur Smith knows him, right? I, I, that, I mean, your philosophy on like, would they take serviceable quarterbacks and try to win that way? Yeah. Like okay. I, I, Baker, I, I, though. Oh, go ahead. I, no, I'm just saying, like, Baker, he doesn't really fall under the conservative serviceable quarterback. That's not really him. Then again, you're right. But I also think about the system that they ran last year under Stefanski, which I think is very similar to what Arthur Smith would run, right? Heavy play action, strong running game, cut the field in half, move the pocket. Like that would work really well for Baker. And we saw some tangible results of that from the previous two years beforehand. Like, yes, there's been ups and downs over the course of Mayfield's career and he has turned the ball over too much, but that was a lot of the similar conversations that you saw with Tannehill when he was in Miami. Like to me, like schematically, like I actually think it's a very good fit. But to Verderam's point, I, I don't know where you're going to get the money to come from, but if you're the Falcons, like this isn't your time to win. You're looking to rebuild. Like it's still a quarterback that was the number one pick what four years ago. There's upside here. And you're also talking about a quarterback that was the number one pick from a guy in John Dorsey that for his faults is still widely regarded as one of the better NFL talent evaluators. Like Cleveland's been a mess for Baker. There's been no consistency there. 
and that's not to say that he doesn't deserve blame, but I think you go to a situation like Atlanta that is fully in rebuilding mode, knowing that the Buccaneers, the, the Buccaneers have moved up in Super Bowl odds, like to the top with, with the Buffalo Bills. Like they signed Leonard Fournette and they continue to go up. Like they're not winning anything this year. So you might as well put him in a situation where he can grow, have some continuity, have some stability, and take a chance on an upside type of guy. Like that to me makes all the sense in the world. And then if you're Carolina, I Carolina could either go one of two ways. They could either just try to piece it together with the biggest band-aid they can possibly find, knowing Matt Rule is likely on the hot seat. Their GM is not. So, I mean, this is a guy that was just brought in like a year or so ago. So right. that's also a situation where maybe they come together and say, look, we're not winning the division again this year either. Let's go to our fan base and say, we have a long-term plan here. We're going to go through the draft. We're going to bring in a veteran that can stabilize for a little bit and sell us on upside as opposed to trying to win it all this year because they're just not going to win it all this year. All right. So I'm going to get to this in a roundabout way. Years ago, if you're a hockey fan, the New York Rangers were in the middle of a fire sale, Okay. And they had a long run of success. They didn't win a Stanley Cup. They were always right there. They went to like four straight Eastern Conference Finals, whatever. The Rangers put out a letter, an open letter to the fans, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, essentially saying, stick with us. We are going to suck for a few years. We are rebuilding this thing. Bear in mind, we're getting there. And to their credit, they did. They haven't won a cup, but they've gotten better. I agree with Ben, like, the Panthers should absolutely put out a letter basically being like, look, Tom Brady's still in Tampa, but he's an old man. At some point, he's he's leaving, whether he likes it or not. We have to prepare for the future. We're drafting a quarterback. That's it. That's what we're doing. I'm not even going to hide it. We're drafting. Now, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Panthers, considering at the Pittsburgh Pro Day on Monday – they're looking at Kenny Pickett's hands, like up close and personal, Scott Fitterer, the GM, and they're like nodding at each other. Like basically like that's going to be the determining factor whether or not they take Kenny Pickett at six, which is just uh, just a mind-blowing bit of evaluation by the Carolina Panthers. Um, but in the end, like as far as Baker goes, like if I'm the Panthers, I'm not trading for Baker. I, it doesn't do me any good. unless Unless you really think he is a long-term answer at quarterback. If you don't think that, then I wouldn't trade for him from Carolina because short-term means nothing to me. I'd almost rather be worse this year. Um, I I think he can succeed if he stops being his own worst enemy. Stop worrying about all the nonsense. Stop worrying about what Colin Cowherd says. Stop arguing with Mary Kay Cabot on Twitter, who is a beat writer for them, and a damn good one, by the way. Stop, like, stop worrying about all this nonsense, and you know, listen, I I have no problem with him doing the commercials and everything else. I think the commercials are actually kind of funny, but like, maybe from an image perspective, just don't do them for a year, you know, just for the image. And and I know people say well, that's stu- oh, that stuff matters in the NFL. It does. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. Um, I think he can be successful. I don't think he's ever going to be a top flight quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to be a Josh Allen. Do I think, though, he could be Derek Carr? Yeah, I think he could be Derek Carr. But he's got to – but to Derek Carr's credit, like, look at how Derek Carr handled the Raiders last year, right? We all gave him props for that. The Raiders, on and off the field, were a disaster at times last season. 
he led them through the fire in a way that was incredibly commendable. Baker's got to have the same level of of even keeled. This is how we're going to be. I can get us through a two-game losing streak. I'm not going to point the finger. I'm not going to be a mess. There's a reason beyond his play that right now NFL teams, according to reports, are like, look, we're not interested in him. He's got to rehab that. And he can. He's a young guy. But to me, that's every bit the problem as much as his, you know, however many turnovers he had last year. It's got to change. If, it, if, if his maturity level changes, like I thought the Browns saying they need an adult in the room while they were going after Deshaun Watson is one of the more ridiculous comments I've ever heard in my life, okay? But it does speak to Baker's immaturity at times, okay? So he, if he can grow up a little bit and really immerse himself, I, look, I give him a lot of credit for playing as hurt as he did all year long. Now, maybe it wasn't even in his best interest, but I give him credit for doing it. But he's got to he's got to grow up with the maturity a little bit. If he does, yeah, I think he can be a pretty good quarterback. I don't think he can be great. But I think he can be pretty good. I think he can be an above average quarterback. Uh, the whole Kenny Pickett part, the hand size, apparently his, uh, his hand size grew from eight inches to eight and a half inches at the combine. But that's a small hand. I, am I missing it's something a, here? Tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. He's got tiny hands. Like, so I have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. Right, but, I mean, I'm like, not playing quarterback man. The the average NFL quarterback hand is around ten inches. I know you know this, Ben Heisel. That's why you're the managing editor at Bedside, and you're on this podcast. You're big on hand size too. Yeah, so set the um, over under at uh, eight and a fourth, and uh, <laughs> look where we ended up. So, but like, okay, uh, I just like I I didn't realize this whole Kenny Pickett hand size thing. I'm kind of amazed by it. But the, the dude threw thirty two picks in five years at at Pitt which is, I guess, not terrible. It's seven last year, 81 touchdowns. I mean, you're, he's, who's your number one quarterback, Vertoram? You, you sticking to your guns? Oh, it's Malik Wills for me. Okay. It's not even close. And by the way, okay. like, hand size doesn't always matter, but when it's that small, like, Mahomes is nine and a quarter. So Mahomes is small hands. You Burrow looks a nine, too? Bur- yeah, Burrows are t- yeah, Burrows are really small by NFL stands. So, like, that's all right. Like, I, I think – you know, I know, I know. I remember last year talking to GMs around the league about like guys who have um, like their arm length to tackle, right? Like that's always kind of a thing. And you know, you know, thirty four, thirty five. But you, you know, I don't think it matters like an inch or an inch. Or, you know, some guy rolls in with like thirty one inch arms. It matters all of a sudden. It does. It matters. Well, and I think if you get the eight inch hands, I mean, if anyone's ever held up a, a regulation NFL football, that's that's a problem. For, like, for, Verim, how good are you in NFL history on hand size? Who's the who's got the largest hands ever measured by an NFL quarterback? I don't know ever. I know that Russell Wilson is currently he's got the biggest hands in the NFL. I, Jim, I don't I don't know ever. I have no idea. Okay, I'm may, I might not be on a current article. Uh, I'm not sure when this was posted, but according to this, Jim Drunken Miller, <laughs> eleven and a quarter inches. I don't know if you want to do a breakdown on Drunken Miller for I, me. I know plenty about Jim Drunken Miller. He uh, he was drafted by the 49ers in the second round, and uh, in the, I believe in '97, and uh, he was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah, and I see I mean, Jim, actually. It's a good question. How do they measure hand size? So if you're watching this, and I'll try to explain it so the people listening, what you do is you you can put your hand essentially like you 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 they measure from tip of pinky diagonally to tip of thumb. Okay, that's how they measure it. So but, you know, obviously, the further you can put your pinky out, you can you can manipulate it, whatever, right? But um, 
that's, that's how, how you he, measure. So that's how that's how he went from eight to eight and a half. Apparently, he stuck that pinky out. According well, to this, even that, by his own admission, he's been working it like every day. He's been stretching his hand to try to get the hand, you know, be a little the, bit bigger. You know what they oh, say about these techniques? And oh, yeah, it's the NFL, man. It's all big business. There's all these techniques. Um, but as far as the question you asked, Malik Willis would be my number one guy. He's okay. He's raw, but he's he's got talent for days. Like that kid, he's the kind of guy that if he hits his ceiling, he he could be he could be a top five quarterback in the league. Now, now he also could never approach his ceiling and be a washout. This is a class that is not good at quarterback. But of all the kids, I, I, to me, he's easily the guy I'm betting on more than anybody. Like to me, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter, like hey. Maybe one of them, a couple of them have great careers, and I hope they do. God bless them. But for me, like I don't, I don't look at them and think, "Oh, that's a kid I'm taking that's going to be, a, you know, a Pro Bowler." I, I don't see that. And and that's why I think Willis is such a perfect fit if Carolina just had their what, what's the word I'm looking for? They all just kind of brothers. What's that? Druthers. They had their druthers, but also just they all come to a collective decision of we know we're not winning anything this year. Maybe this buys us a couple years. And say, we're going to take the guy with the highest upside in this draft and Malik Willis. We believe in what his future can be. We can help him along. You can go by the the whole Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes type thing, although it's not really what that is. It, you, you can, I think, I think it's a selling point that actually makes sense. And I think Carolina fans would be like, all right, like you have a plan. We can get behind yes. that versus whatever you're trying to do just to save your jobs this year give us a long-term plan and i I think willis at six is probably going to be available to him he he and he went to liberty which is down south right i mean that helps by the way though and i I don't mean to put you on the spot ben i know i know when bet has odds for who's going to be the first player taking the draft um do they have odds on who the lions are going to take i haven't seen it maybe their their michigan sports book has them specifically Um, i only ask because I'll see if I can find that for you. You hear a little bit more, like, could the Lions take Malik Willis? Would the Lions just say, if Hutchinson – because I think if Hutchinson's there, the Lions are taking him. Michigan kid, fits the way Dan Campbell wants to play, all that stuff. But Jacksonville invested in the offensive line in free agency, both with the tag and then, and then signing Brandon Sheriff at guard. If they take Hutchinson – do the Lions just take Malik Willis, sit him behind Goff for a year, and then Goff can be cut after the season for minimal money, and then there's your quarterback. Like, I, I have no idea if they'll do that, but you hear more of that in league circles. Like, don't be shocked if Detroit goes that route. By the way, Hutchinson over under one and a half right now as far as where he will be drafted according to Winbet in Michigan. Okay. The- and your philosophy for the Lions, Verderam, makes complete sense. Look, you're going to have to get your quarterback at some point. If you like Malik Willis, which that's a big if, but if you do, to me that would make the most sense. We are in the, we still are talking about the NFL here, right? You need a QB. Jared Goff is not going to be that answer. So, um, I, Heist, but when you get off of that, I want to talk about moving Super Bowl odds with you, or we want to talk about moving Super Bowl odds, because there's been so much movement here. So I know that the Colts are are uh, moving down. 
what's what's been the impact on the Raiders with Devontae? Like, there's just so many. What's what's most interesting to you as far as how the odds are moving around? I, I thought in particular watching the Colts and the Titans flip in Super Bowl odds is very interesting. You had the Titans as of yesterday at 18 to one. They moved to 25 to one. Uh, conversely, the Colts after trading for Matt Ryan, which what the, the consensus on Matt Ryan, I think is, is very different. You, you talk to one scout and says this guy played his ass off with a terrible offensive line and uh, a wide receiver core that was in shambles around him. And he still, you know, was able to find something there and, and keep them somewhat competitive. Um, and then there's others just think that his, his arm strength isn't there anymore. And the only time he's effective is when he's playing in a dome. Um, like I, I think all of it is, is fascinating right now when it comes to that line movement. But I, I think the odds makers having a pretty strong belief in what Indianapolis is going to be able to do. They still have a ton of cap money too. Like I, we talked about this on, on stacking the box, I think several weeks ago before free agency even started, like watch out for what the Colts are going to be able to do once they get their quarterback, they clearly were ready to move on from Carson Wentz. Um, Chris Ballard, you can give him crap if you want about moving on and going through all these different quarterbacks and not being able to lock into the position, but I still commend him for recognizing his mistakes and being fearless to be able to move on from them, knowing that it wasn't going to work, knowing you have to get that position, right? So with, with, with Ryan, you get a stable veteran leader, the, the, the most impactful, the greatest Atlanta Falcon of all time. Um, and you can, you bring that in with the defense that was top 10 in takeaways last year. It's part of the reason Eberflus got the job in Chicago. Gus Bradley comes in. You still have Darius Leonard. You still have plenty of money to spend too. Like, I, I just think they have a very easy path into the playoffs in a terrible division. Um, yes, the AFC is completely and totally stacked, but when you have this easier way in, there's less other variants to have to worry about. And so I think that move makes sense. Like I jumped on the Colts at 28 to one at my book yesterday before the Matt Ryan deal got announced. I, I think their ceiling remains high. And I also think they have a very high floor with Ryan there as well. Heisler making money. Love it. Playing the Colts. Maybe he can sell that ticket off. Um, gentlemen, I don't mean to interrupt the pod, but I, I, I just got a message here. And I, and, and I think it's important that we, we, uh, we do something about this. This is from AS1999, uh, who officially is my guy says, can we start a GoFundMe for Carm to get some AirPods so we don't have to look at those Stone Age headphones? Now, I want to know, is the, do these hanging things bother you guys? Because you know, if it's distracting, Verderam, uh, we might have to start this GoFundMe because Lord knows. Uh, you know, First of all, I'm not, I'm not paying for that crap. Second of all, I did not even notice that you were wearing headphones. I, I, I do not care. Um, I'm not even wearing them. It, it means nothing to me. Right. Um, so, like, no one's wearing headphones here other than me. I'm the only one that's, like, dialed in radio old school dude here with a headphone. I think I should. I think it, these things should, should garner respect. Heist, am I missing something? No, I know you got to no, go. No, like, you can be Team AirPods. You can be Team Beats. Like, when I still do some radio heads, I have, like, the full plug-in Sony headphones. I mean, look at those. Look at this. Like this, this is the OG of, of the radio world of headphones. Art. Like, you know this. like you have for those air, for those Apple headphones that you have, you got to find like the, the, what does it call it? The adapter, like the quarter inch right. adapter that you got to plug into the, the radio board. Like this is already one eighth, right? Yeah, there yeah. we go. 
Like we all, we all I mean, get the the right. There's no plug in there. It's Bluetooth, but other yeah. Than that, yeah. I mean, to, to to me, this is like I I thought I was cool with these, but apparently, you know, gray haired karma over here. I, I apparently I'm mean, not cool at all. In fact, it's like anti cool. So now no, I'm self-conscious. I know Heist has got to get out of here in a few minutes, as do we, basically. But um, I'm curious, real quick, uh, AFC West. We're uh, Carmel are going to get to Devontae Devont- Adams real quick, but uh, your thoughts on the odds uh, on the AFC West and uh, and where these teams stack and what what play you might make? Yeah, they, they're down right now at WinBet. I would imagine as, as free agency continues to to go about, but you still have the Chiefs at the top. Last time I checked, Denver moved up a ton with Russell Wilson to the point where I think they're now in overvalue. Like, I, I just don't think it's worthwhile and they still have plenty of holes to fill. Like, like their offense was actually better from a DVOA perspective last year than their defense. And everyone's talking about how awful their offense was and how good their defense was. Um, they, they still have plenty of holes that they need to fix that. I don't know if Russ on his own will be able to take care of. Um, and then you have the chargers that I, I still think that's probably the play. The only downside is that the Chargers find a way inevitably every year to screw up the situation. But when you have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and JC Jackson to the mix, an elite level defense or a, a bad defense last year that I think under a second year of Brandon Staley is going to get much better. And then factor in all the different weapons that you have now on the offensive side of the ball, Justin Herbert going into his third year. Like that's it's a dangerous team. And I know that the Raiders have elite level weapons now like Hunter Renfro is a really good wide receiver you now he's not going to get that much more open because Devontae Adams is in the mix there as well Darren Waller like that's that's scary offensively with those type of playmakers and it elevates Derek Carr from being a, a good to slightly above average quarterback in the NFL to being a very solid maybe top 10 top 12 quarterback because of the weapons around him um I mean I they're still a mess defensively and I was still advocating before the Devontae Adams trade of them considering a rebuild and getting top, top value for Carr. But now that the, the quarterback market has kind of filled up, it, it doesn't make sense to move him at this point. You might as well go for it. But They're, they're giving up 40 a game in that division. Oh, yeah. Like it, and it's going to be fun as hell to watch. I've seen so many people like, well, they got Chandler Jones. It's like, look, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are awesome. The other nine guys on that defense – that is going to be a boat racing like you've never seen in your life when they play in the like, AFC West. Like I, I'm, almost, teams, I'm almost debating like putting a, an MVP ticket on Derek Carr, knowing that he's going to have to score 40 a game just to be able to keep up. And maybe you can get that at like oh. 50 to one or 66 to one over at Wimbed. Just just a dart throw because he's going to have to put up these insane numbers. And if they do make the playoffs, it's hard not to consider that. So I, I still yeah. like the Chargers in the mix. I think last time I saw them, they were 25 to one, maybe 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. There's just so much competition in a really good division, in a really good conference uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult to be able to evaluate. I love what you just laid out for Derek Carr, my guy. Go have a big year, buddy. You go, Pice, do that. Put money on Carr for MVP. If you win that, you'll be the smartest guy in the history of football podcasts. I mean, make that move. No, no one's going to remember this unless, unless it wins, right? No, right. right. And then you'll have the ticket. 10 bucks. It's a good play for your career slash, you know, 1% chance for your wallet. Right. Love the Invest move. in yourself. That's right. Uh, all right, Ben, you got to go. Thank you. Managing editor, betsided, fansided.com forward slash betsided for all your betting content. Win bet. We love you. Ben, we'll see you next week. You got it, guys. See you later.
All right. So, Bertram, you want to do Devontae? Let's do it. Uh, I mean, or I'll, I'll tee you up first here. Yeah. How does this trade end up for these two teams that are involved? I mean, like, like in other words, let's say two to three years down the line here. Do they feel good about the trade, bad about the trade, neutral about the trade? Like, both teams, where do you fall on them? Oh, I actually, from a Green Bay perspective, I mean, it sucks that you're that you're losing them, but I also do think like a uh, little bit of a crutch situation. And you're Aaron Dam Rodgers, man. We're, we are. I don't know what it looks like. If, listen, the tunnel receivers in this draft. However, they're going to try to fill the void. But I actually would like to bet on that that Aaron spreading the ball around might. It, it, maybe it won't start out immediately, but that he is going to figure it out. And it and and now you've got more freedom to add on to your roster. So I think the, the Packers fans that are freaking out, I actually think this uh, optimistically could could work out in your benefit. Um, you know, on the other side of it, you know, uh, there's just so much competition. How much does he really impact your team? I mean, he's 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 going he's going to have an impact, but I I don't know if in in the end, um, Gonzo. By the way, good 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 to have you here. Uh, I, I don't know if in the end the Raiders are going to be happy they made the deal. This is a rare trade. I don't like it for either one of the teams. I think both teams are going to look back and go, fair take. I don't know, man. Like, and I've been, uh, look, I know there are people out there who will go, oh, it's because you're a Chiefs fan. No, I have praised the, what the Chargers have done all offseason. And I, I thought the Broncos won that Wilson trade. I have praised them heavily. I don't like this trade for either one of these teams. I think for the Packers, you're trying to win right now. You're trying to win right now. And to not have him, that offense sucks in terms of weaponry. They won't suck in terms of scoring points or anything else because Rodgers is great. They have good backs. The line is still, even though not as great as it once was, still good. But without Adams... And I see Jay Ward. It's a good stat, man. Rodgers is 10-1 and one without a, Devonta Adams. It's a, it's a really good that's stat. That's true. I did not know that. That's a huge stat. Go ahead. But I, I think, though, the, the problem is, is in the past there have been other guys. There is nobody. Like, that team has nobody else. Valdez Gantling's a free agent right now. Like, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobby are receivers. That's a train wreck. And in, your, in the NFC, you're going to have to play Tampa and the Rams. They're not better than Tampa and the Rams right now. There's no way they are. I think defensively they're good. There, there's no way they're better than Tampa Bay or, or the Rams right now. Long off season. How do the how do and listen? I don't know. You, I mean, you got to strike gold in the draft. That's there, you're gonna have a, to. Yeah, but boy, I'll tell you, if you're trying to replace Devontae Adams with a draft pick. That is, hey, hey, sometimes you have to do that. I get it, but I don't think they had to do it. My problem is, you know, the Packers right off right after the trade, they start leaking out this stuff about well, you know, we were going to offer him the same deal. We were willing to do that, and he wanted to leave. That is such bullshit. Look, if that's really the case, then you call his bluff and say, listen, the offer stands. You've got till July 15th to sign it when the tag deadline hits. And if you don't sign it, you're playing on the tag. And you're going to tell me he's turning down that contract so he can play on on an $18 million tag or whatever it is? No chance. No chance. He's playing it. He's signing that deal, and that's the end of it, right? I mean, do we agree with that? Yes, and I yep. mean, I think I think the dirtier side of it is that okay. Well, we've got Aaron in the fold now. He ain't going anywhere. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But I I don't believe for two seconds. This idea, oh, he had to go play with Derek Carr. Who cares? 
Like, this isn't about feelings. This is about football. And and I, I'm sorry. Like, you, if I'm the Packers, there's no way in hell I'm trading him. Right. You could have played poker. What, what are you going to do? It's the same thing you do with Aaron. Of course. I mean, of course. So, there's no so. re- The other side of this for the Raiders, he makes them better. But I agree with you. Like, in that division, how much better? I mean, I thought they came into that trade as the worst team in the division, and they're still the worst team in the division. They can't stop anybody. I don't love McDaniels as a head coach, although I'm willing to give it a second shot. But, I mean, there's nothing in the first shot that makes me think he's going to be great. And everybody who comes out of Belichick's tree is a train wreck. Every one of them. So, for me, I mean, the best coach to come out of that tree is Flores. So, I, 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 worry, about, I worry about that. Offensively, they're loaded at weapons. Their, their line stinks. So, that's a big problem, right? Colton Miller is the only above-average player they've got on the line of tackle. I... I think for the Raiders, you're paying him. Look, the deal's not really as big as it was made out to be. But over the next three years, you're paying him big money, and he's going to be over. He's going to be, I think, thirty next year if memory serves. He's twenty nine right now. Um, you don't. A car's a car's a good quarterback. Car's an underrated quarterback, but he's not the quarterback the other three guys are in that division. Like in the end. I don't even know that I think they're a playoff team. And I know they were last year, and Raiders fans will go nuts and say, come on, how could you say they're not a playoff team? In that conference, I would take Buffalo over them. I would take all three of those teams in the North over them. I would take the three teams in the West over them. And I'd take a team in the AFC South, because you have to, although I think the Raiders are better than all those teams, but I would take one because you have to have a division winner. And even if I – so, I mean, right there – Right there, that's eight teams that are better. Now, even if you want to say they're better than one of those teams in the North or one of those teams in the West, that still doesn't get them in the playoffs. Well, the, the interesting side of, of the whole story that we haven't covered is, hold on a second, Devontae Adams, you wanted to leave Aaron Rodgers? You you were right. – you. Right. Um, that, that's super bizarre slash interesting to me. This dude, all he wanted to do was give you the football, and maybe the Packers are – kind of slightly twisting the truth here, but they were going to pay you. I mean, you were going to get, you were going to get, uh, so it's, it's, it's just confusing to me. Like you just want to be question. in Vegas, right? Derek, Derek Carr's your buddy. I, you, you whatever. I, I get it. You played together, all that, but I mean, come on, you the had Aaron freaking Rogers. And then we can but, move on. The other question here is, is Adams better with the Raiders because there's other weapons to take attention away from him? Or is he worse because he has Derek Carr, not Aaron Rodgers? Wait, say it. What was the first part of that? I'm is sorry. Is he better? Does he put up even better numbers, bigger numbers, because he's got Waller and Renfro taking away attention? Oh. Or is he worse because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers on the football team? It's, it's got to be worse. I'm but that doesn't – it, it I, has I, I, to I would agree. But that doesn't uh, – that, It doesn't mean bad. It just means right, right, does he lose a couple hundred yards off his totals. Right. And – Listen, you know what receivers like to do? They like to catch the damn football. They like to they like to go. They like to leave the huddle and 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 run out to uh, the slot or wider and know that uh, it's coming to me. I, and 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 he had that. So that that part's who, uh, super interesting. Who do you yeah. have in the AFC West right now? I mean, that is a ridiculous division. Uh, I'm not running away from Kansas City. I'm just not going to do it. But. Um, I, I get it that uh, if if they haven't been caught there, it it's it, it's awful tight. But I listen. I I like I I, I appreciate the the aggressiveness that's going on. Um, yep. You know, 
this is this is what you got to do. We're we're raising the bar. We're, we're trying to we're trying to catch Patrick Mahomes. We see perhaps an opportunity to do it with uh, where that where the Chiefs stand defensively. I guess uh, to, to everything we talked about as far as getting to the quarterback. But do I do I think that uh, Khalil Mack's going to come in here and be some huge impact player for the Chargers alongside Joey Bosa? I don't. I don't. Do I think the Raiders are 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 going to catch Kansas City? Uh, no. I, I thought that there was a, it was a great it was a great story last year, tremendous rebound and, and making to the playoffs. But let, let's not forget that uh, this wasn't some dominant football team all year long. And am I, am I ready to say that Russell Wilson's going to just run run into Denver and they're going to run past Kansas City? I'm not saying that either. I'd bet on them. Not, I'd bet on them not making the playoffs before I'd w- bet on them winning the division. So I'll still stick with the Chiefs. Yeah, I. I'm with you. I think the Chiefs are still the best. And I will say this. If the Chiefs don't get a pass rush, they got a problem. But I, I think the Chiefs, for all that has happened, they still have the best quarterback. They still have the best coach. They still have the best offensive line. Like, that stuff. And the coach thing, I think, is the real thing. Because two of these guys are brand new. Staley, I don't know what to make of. I know it. Look, Andy Reid, there are things that I've criticized him for, and, and rightfully so, I think. I mean, he does things that boggle your mind at times, but he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, and Gonzo brings up a great point with the Chargers and their injuries. Look, obviously, of course, you know, and he says, you know, he to, to read his commentary for, for someone who can't see it, he says, won't be surprised if half the Chargers roster is hurt by week nine, but God forbid it happens. Of course, look, you know, we, you're not rooting for it, but the, the point is a good point. Derwin James is a great player. Gets hurt a lot. Joey Bosa is a great player. He gets hurt a lot. Khalil Mack missed a good chunk of time last year. He's getting older. Um, they, I mean, they have guys. Keenan Allen has an injury history. Mike Williams has a lengthy injury history. That is a team that has a lot of great players, but who have almost all of which, not all, but most, have injury histories. And Sante Samuel, unfortunately, last year as a rookie, had a couple of concussions, which is always scary. So, that is one thing with them that is it is fair. I mean, they have guys. Denver, I love the Wilson move. I will applaud that till the end of time. I could I thought the deal when Randy Gregory was about to sign five and seventy with Dallas, I thought it was insane. I still think it's insane. You're paying that dude seventy million dollars, he has sixteen and a half sacks. And I've seen these analytics like, well, you know, he had five turnover worthy plays that he created, and that was I think tied for or flat out led the league. The guy played with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence against the worst division on earth. I would hope he had a few of them. Yeah, and come on now. I I like Randy. We talked about this before, but uh, for anybody jumping in right now who didn't watch that, which is probably highly, highly likely. Listen, I love redemption stories. Way to go, Randy Gregory. You're making a huge bet on somebody who's who's had some big-time issues. That's not the play I would have made. Outside of the fact that everything you just laid out, how – on the field, he had a lot of things going in his direction that made him not saying he's not super talented and, and can't do it in Denver. Alan's there, but the production yeah. never has been there. Right. It was it was a, it was bizarre. But and and Dallas, if you really wanted him to, the whole part of it, it's like you you and uh, the back end, Jerry came, comes in there and tries to make all sorts of little add-ons to the deal to ensure that it's okay, which tells you how much he really believes in Randy Gregory. By the way. Um, and, and, and Gregory's like, oh, screw you. I'm, uh, I'll go play for the Broncos. So, yep. okay. Um, yeah, I go ahead. I got to wrap real quick. Von Miller to the bills. It's worth mentioning big deal. I know it was reported six and one twenty. It's really like 
three years and, and, and like 51. And then the four years kind of hurts if they caught him. Um, Von Miller, does he make the Bills the Super Bowl favorite in your eyes? Uh, no, not him specifically. It's it's more of the way you know the way Buffalo ended the year and the way Josh Allen is trending. That was some of the most incredible quarterback play. I mean, my God, is 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 he getting even better? Because and I think the illogical answer to that is that yes, he is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Von ended the year well, super well. But that is a huge investment. I I, I you know I like. I don't know how you can actually feel confident that at that age, he's going to continue to provide the production. That's going to make the deal worth it. Like it's a, it's a great name and, and a great guy to have in your, in your locker room. But, and yes, he was awesome in, in the playoffs and particularly in the Super Bowl. But like, I, I don't, I, I didn't really get that investment from, from a Buffalo standpoint. Are they, all right. So Vaughn aside, because of the way you word, I want to follow up. Are they the favorite in your eyes, regardless of that? I, I would sure I'll I'll come with you that the the, the Bills right now if uh, gun to head who's your favorite to win the AFC I'll take Buffalo sure I think they are I think they're the best team in football I do um, I think that if Kansas City were to nab an edge rusher that they may go back ahead like I think it's that close but I think right now that's the difference I do they both need a corner both teams need a corner. The only thing that scares me with Buffalo, the only thing, if Diggs, God forbid, if he gets hurt, oh, they have oh. nobody else, man. Like, Beasley's gone. I I love Gabriel Davis's upside. I think he can be very good. But Beasley's gone. Sanders, I believe, is still a free agent out there. I loved when they got J.D. McKissick, but then he turned around and went back to Washington. Who's a really good receiving back, but now he's not there. Like that is the one thing that scares me about Buffalo. Whether he got if Diggs were to get hurt or teams just double him and take him out of the game, like that is an issue that Buffalo has that the Chiefs don't have with Smith Schuster coming in and Kelsey and Hill and that line and everything else. Like, but but I and I and I have somebody ask me, do I worry about the running back situation? No, I view it kind of similar to Kansas City's, right? Like it's good enough. They have guys who can do enough. Like Singletary's fine, just like Hilaire is fine. Um, but I think I think they're the two best teams in football. Although I would put Tampa in that mix at this point. I, I think Tampa's like two A to Kansas City's one B. Um, and I think if the if the Chiefs signed to Zedarius Smith. I might put the Chiefs back out in front. Like I think, I think those teams are so close, and it really is just going to come down. And when it comes down to being that close, it's going to be who's healthier, right? Who gets the playoff game at home? All that kind. Who gets a break? I mean, I'm not saying I think one of them is demonstrably better than the other, but I do think right now, I think the Bills have the more complete teams. The Chiefs have no edge rush. It also could come down to who has a better draft. I mean, Buffalo has no two. Doubt. Extra, no doubt. Right. You know, Buffalo has two extra picks. Now, granted, they're in round six and round seven. So there's that. You have 10. Is that right? Okay. And they have two third rounders. So, so I mean, yeah, look, I mean, you're, you're talking about wide receivers. A deep wide receiver draft. You're picking yep. 25. You're picking 57. Who You would think that that's the way they would go, right? I mean, yep. so. Corner, receiver for Buffalo. Maybe some help on the O-line. Do, do they uh, hit? What type of impact are we talking? Is right. Justin Jefferson walking through that door? Well, if he is, you know. 
that's rare, but that's that's what you're looking for. No, no so, doubt. I mean, yeah. look at well, Kansas City. Let's face it. I think they were better in Buffalo this year because of their draft. I mean, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. Like, they're not yeah. in the AFC Championship game without those guys. No way. No, no. way. Right? No, you uh, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's wrap here, Verim. I know you got big, uh, big things coming here in the next some odd days. Uh, yeah, eleven days from now, uh, my wife is scheduled for a C-section. So, uh, yeah, gonna have uh, oh, wow. Genevieve on the way, uh, daughter number two. So we are uh, we're gearing up. We're gearing up, uh, building a, a a bedroom. Down, down the basement, we got an extra room that's just studded out right now. And so my father-in-law and I are building out a guest room. So when my parents come out, they have a room to stay. And normally stayed upstairs in what was our guest room, which is now, of course, going to be Genevieve's room. So lots going on. Excited about it. Can't wait. I finished putting together the nursery last week. Um, I had fun doing that. That was a good time. Ready to what, go? What have you told uh, daughter Maisie about Genevieve? Oh, she's very excited. She is. I, yeah. She's very excited. She can't wait to hold her, as she keeps saying. Um, she is just looking forward to being a big sister. Obviously, for anyone who's followed along and knows this story from, from past years, you know, uh, you know, Steph and I lost our son last April, uh, and you know, in, in a in a um a, a emergency surgery, a stillbirth at 18 weeks. And Meiji was crushed when that happened. Uh, and we didn't think she'd really understand the full impact of it, but she did. She really, she was very upset. Um, and she was so excited when she found out that, that, you know, her mom was pregnant again. And this time, it's, you know, it's going to be a little girl. And so she is very, very excited. But we, you know, it's funny. So we did, we did, uh, frankly, I, I ended up doing uh, Genevieve's room, right? So we hang up all the stuff. I went out and got, I, I even tried to be artsy to some extent. I went out and got letters. I painted them. I, I hung them up, made sure the whole day. I mean, wow. did the whole thing. Did wow. the whole, oh yeah. Went out, really got into it. Um, but did not want Major to feel like she was all of a sudden second best. So did the same thing for her. Aww. We did her entire room. Um, so she's, uh, she's, she's feeling good. She's happy. She's looking forward to it. And uh, now, yeah, it's literally just a countdown. 11 days. Till uh, another another little girls uh, in the house. Well, I'll miss you for a couple of weeks here on uh, on the yeah. old cast, but I think that's that, that probably sounds a little bit more important than uh, stacking the box. So, ver- congratulations, brother! It's awesome. I love you talking about it. Um, I, I will shout out. Uh, you know, we we get to talk to a lot of people doing this job, and I got uh, talked to a white chocolate Jason Williams yesterday. The piece is going to awesome. be out tomorrow. It was a great. Love talking to him. Great convo. Uh, but an even better combo, if I may. Uh, and I, I, the link's on my Facebook page. Haven Shepard, Paralympian, uh, lo- double amputee, lost uh, both her legs when she was 16 months old. Her, her parents committing a family suicide, born in Vietnam. Uh, the, you cannot divorce your husbands. This was a, uh, this, she was born in an affair. So, no, no other option than to have a family suicide. The parents uh, both both passed. She survived, uh, adopted by a family in Carthage, Missouri, four months later, and just the most inspirational person. Um, I just a name that people should know. Haven Shepherd is um, eighteen years old now. Verderam, she's uh, gearing up for the twenty twenty four Paralympic Games. So in in Paris, so I, I mean, just amazing, uh, just amazing. 
So that, that's one for you. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got on my on the on the Carm life over here. Nothing else jumping on into my mind right now. No, that's that's a great story. That is, uh, I'm always amazed at how people like as Go much forward. as as much as there are horrible stories in the world. Like the human spirit is something that always amazes me. Right. Like, thankfully, look, I'll be the first to say it. I've had a very a much, much more, e- you know, an easier life than, than a lot of people. I, I am, I am, I'm fortunate in that regard. Not saying, you know, I never had a bad thing. Just talked about my son, but I mean, it, listen, even him, he's a blessing. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I have been so fortunate in my lifetime to never have anything, you know, even like something, something like that. I mean, it's horrific. Is something like that happening. I'm always, like, I, I, I will say, watching this this human atrocity going on in ukraine right now right and these people are just like they just will not give in they don't give up they just keep i mean it is just such an inspiration as as horrific of course as it is the the flip side of that is just watching some of these people and, and hearing their stories it's so inspirational and so that's great i mean uh you know to have somebody who went through such a an unspeakable tragedy like that now they're a paralympian at 18 years old uh not bad Something certainly uh, to to really put up on a pedestal for for everybody to see. I'll give a shout out to another outlet. Uh, David Aldridge did a great piece on Maurice Creek, who was uh, playing overseas in in Ukraine and had to uh, you know find his way out uh, under you know in the the worst of circumstances. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, and that's you know just a little piece in the sports world uh, to everything that's going on over there, which is just. Um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, just straight to fret, depressing and awful. But yeah. they did it really, really well done. Hey, uh, thank you so much for watching Stack in the Box. We appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Turn those notifications on. And just a reminder, we're here every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Uh, with our superstar NFL insider, Chiefs fan, Arrowhead Addict. This is uh, later today at 5, right? Uh, with, with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. And then Thursdays at 5 with myself and Patrick Allen. There we go. You cannot get enough Vertoram content. Get that is. I've had myself. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching today. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Uh, those that I'm looking at right now: Jay Ward, Keith, Gonzo. Uh, appreciate all of you and uh, Verdi. Good stuff, man. We'll see you next week, brother. Hey, thanks a lot. Take care, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.